All right, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Isaiah 48. Isaiah 48. We're looking at the daily Bible reading for today, which is Isaiah 48. It's right there in your bulletin. A good way to keep this bulletin would be to uh, fold over that daily Bible reading. And there you have it for the rest of the week. You've read everything inside. And then you have it for the rest of the week, and then you can turn it over, and there's all your missionaries right there. And uh, a good way to just keep that right in front of you uh, during the week. So Isaiah chapter 48. Isaiah chapter 48. Old Testament, major prophet. 48, we're going to look at several verses of Scripture, beginning at verse 17 and following. Let's pray before we do that. Gracious Heavenly Father, we ask for your blessing as we look at your word together. Change our hearts. May we be different than we were when we came. In Jesus, your name, we ask these things. Amen. Chapter 48, verse 17. We'll begin with 17. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer. Your Redeemer is not only one who's going to redeem you from your sin, but your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. Not only is he the Holy One of Israel, but God says, I am the Lord your God. I teach you to profit. Uh, God wants us to profit. The Bible tells us, I'm the one who leads you by the way you should go. I lead you by the way you should go. And then these are the verses I want to focus on, verses 18 and 19. All that you had heeded my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants also would have been like the sand and the offspring of your body like the grains of sand. His name would have been, his name would not have been cut off nor destroyed from before me. I want you to think of those verses of Scripture as we look at this this morning, and I want to take advantage of giving you three principles that you can apply in your attempts to understand God's Word better. I realize that we are kind of trying to focus and getting everybody involved in our daily Bible reading so that we can read through the Bible. And it's not just an exercise to read through the Bible in a year's time. But we need to get ourselves into the habit where we're reading God's Word. And in reading God's Word, we're listening to it, we're applying it, we're talking about it to other people. Because there's a pattern here in world history. And the pattern is that when people sit down together and read God's Word, and study God's Word, societies change. And we have some great historical illustrations of that. I will only mention the one that really stands out above all of them, and that is the Reformation. And so it's important for us, if we want to change our society, if we want things to be different, we've got to be people who are willing to sit down and master God's Word so we can be wise in all that we say to those around us. Because these can be confusing days. But having said that, I understand the challenge. I understand that if you're reading, for instance, the book of Isaiah in the Bible reading, if you're reading all of it, you're going to get through in a year and three months or so and read the Psalms and the Proverbs repeatedly. 
But if you've chosen just, for instance, the book of Isaiah, and you can do whatever you want, I realize that you're most likely going to come away from that saying, you know, I just, there's so much, there's more in the book of Isaiah that I don't understand than there is that I do understand. I can clearly see that. And you're going to look at that and say, you know, there's history in there. I can't put it in perspective. I don't know who these people are. I don't know what the historical circumstances are. I just can't put it together. And then the book of Isaiah has so much prophecy in it. It has more prophecy than you and I can digest in a lifetime. And you and I have to understand that that prophecy begins in the Old Testament and it goes through the New Testament and it continues down till we have much of the prophecy of the Old Testament book of Isaiah that hasn't yet occurred. And you're going to look at that and you're going to say, I just don't understand it. I don't understand when this particular prophetic uh, uh, declaration occurred, uh, when it was supposed to be fulfilled. Was it fulfilled then? Is it going to be fulfilled now? Is it going to be fulfilled in the future? I understand all of that. But the problem that I have with that and the thing that I'm more fearful of than anything else in regard to that is that we'll take a look at the book of Isaiah, for instance, and say, well, that's not a book for me. I'm just going to go to something else that I do understand. I won't even try. I won't even bother. It's impossible for me to get a grip on it. It's like a wise old guy once said who says, you know, I don't worry about the stuff I don't understand. I worry about the stuff that I do understand. Focus on that. So principle number one is going to be, of course, there are many things that you and I need to do in, 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 in mastering God's Word. We need to pray about it. We need to be like the Bereans, and we need to be systematic, and we need to be in it daily, and we need to have open minds to the Spirit of God who leads us when we read God's Word together. But these three principles I want you to apply if you're having problems in the book of Isaiah or any of these Old Testament books, I want you to apply them immediately. Number one, I want you to focus on what you do understand and not what you don't understand. You say, well, Pastor, I, you know, I don't understand most of it. Think about this for a minute. God is constantly connecting His Word to things that you and I do understand. Constantly. He does it all the time. In the book of Isaiah, he does it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. He connects things that we don't understand with things that we do understand. And these are the things that are all around us, and we understand them because we have observed them for a lifetime. Let me give you a quick illustration of that. <clears throat> In one of, uh, one of the great introductions to the book of Isaiah I have, the author actually said, I'm going to give you a list of things that you and I understand and how they apply to the book of Isaiah. So he says, you know, the nation of Assyria figures big in the book of Isaiah. It's a superpower, and it has a lot to do with the destruction of Israel. But the Bible tells us in Isaiah that Assyria is like a swarm of bees. Is there anybody here who doesn't understand a swarm of bees? No, I certainly understand a swarm of bees. 
Assyria is not only like a a swarm of bees, but Assyria is like a raging stream. Is there anybody here who doesn't understand a raging stream? No. These are things that God uses to help you and I to understand his word. Assyria is like an axe. Assyria is like a lion. Assyria is like a razor blade. These are things we understand. You and I need to focus on what we understand. Now, as you look through the book of Isaiah, chapter 48, you and I need to be reading and pinpointing these daily life illustrations that you and I understand. For instance, in Isaiah 48, which is today's Bible reading, verse 1, it says, Hear this, O house of Jacob who are called by the name of Israel and have come forth from the wellsprings of Judah. Wellsprings. Do we all know what a wellspring is? It's a well that has a spring in it. It's like an artesian well. When I tell people, I love to do this because I grew up here in Wooddale and I love the country, and I say, I'm from the village, I'm from the Bullskin Township. And they say, well, it sounds like you live in the country, you, you, you come from the country. He says, yeah, and I came from a little village called Wooddale. Well, that sounds like it's country, and I grew up on Spoggy Hollow Road. And, uh, well, that sounds pretty country. And I said, and then I say, we even, had a, we even have a village well. And when I say that, they say, oh, you do. They think I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. Amen? And we remember the days when we used to have to go to the village well to get our water when our wells would go dry in late August and early September. Listen, we understand what a wellspring is. I could go through the book of Isaiah and I could pick out one, two, three, several of these daily life illustrations, but let me get right to the text and we'll conclude with the text. So here we are in verse 18 and 19. And God says to Israel, Oh, that you had heeded my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river. How many understand rivers? I've been, I've been on rivers all my life. I either drive along them, cross over them, swim in them, um, whitewater raft in them, fish in them. I know all about rivers. So God has given me a way to connect with this passage of Scripture and to understand it. And not only is rivers the illustration here that he helped you given to help me, But he also says that your righteousness would be like the waves of the sea. I understand the waves of the sea. How many of you understand the waves of the sea? And not only that, but I understand, number three, that uh, the Bible says that his name uh, and the offspring of your body would have been like the grains of sand I understand a sandy beach. I understand all about sand. I know exactly what he's talking about. So let's very briefly, as we finish this, let's see if it helps us to understand what he is saying. 
If I go through the book of Isaiah and I look for illustrations where God uses rivers, he's going to use the illustration of the river to describe Assyria. Now, I want you to just go to chapter 8 for just a moment, and I want you to see this particular illustration of a river. And I want you to see in chapter 8, verses 6 and following, what he gets at. Now, I, have some, I had some other great illustrations to give you, but for the sake of time, I'm going to narrow it down so we're out, here in, we're out of here in time. Isaiah 8, verses 6 and following. Inasmuch, God says, inasmuch as these people refused the waters of Shiloh, and you may say, well, I, I don't know the waters of Shiloh. I don't know if that was a mountain stream. I don't know if that was a pool of water. I don't know if that was a, a swimming place in, in the city. I don't know what it was. But notice he describes it. He says, inasmuch as these people refused the waters of Shiloh that flow soft, Jump down to verse 7. Therefore, behold, the Lord brings up over them the waters of the river. The river refers to the Euphrates River where Assyria is located. God is going to bring up the river, the waters of the river of Euphrates. And those waters are going to be strong and mighty. The king of Assyria and all of his glory, he will come up over all his channels and go over all his banks and will pass through Judah and he will overflow and pass over. He will reach up to the neck and the stretching out of his wings. I understand that. I understand that God is saying to Israel, Assyria is going to come and it's going to be like a flood, man. It's going to come in and it's going to inundate everything and you're going to be walking around with water up to your neck. A raging, raging flood is what he's describing here. But I want you to go to Isaiah 33 for just a moment when he describes what the kingdom is going to be like. And by the way, we have yet to see the fulfillment of this particular passage of Scripture. When the Bible says one of these days we'll see the king in his beauty, we'll see the land that is very far off, your heart will meditate. Listen, that begins in verse 17, and then when he gets down to verse 22, we have that very famous passage of Scripture. I guess it's verse 20 and 21. Look upon Zion, the city of our appointed feasts, your eyes will see Jerusalem, a quiet home. Boy, won't that be great when the world is quiet. Not only that, but a tabernacle will not be taken down. Oh, boy, isn't that going to be great when nobody's going to uproot our tents. Not only that, but its stakes will never be removed, nor will there be any cords broken. But there the majestic Lord will be for us. And here's the next phrase a place of broad rivers and streams in which no galley with oars will sail, no warships will sail. And I think, oh, now here's an example of a river that's flowing gently. I love to, I love to go and, 
And I love to see rivers that flow gently, don't you? And you just sit there by the river and you hear the water and you just see them. You know, there are many places along the Okagani where you can do that. You can go up there and sit along the river and get down there and put your feet in the river. And you can watch it just flow gently down through the ravine, down through the gorge as it makes its way to Connellsville or beyond. It's a lot of fun. If you haven't done it, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. And then if you want something a little bit more exciting, you get in a raft and you get on the middle yacht. Or not the middle yacht, that's the, that's the smooth section, isn't it? Um, but anyway, I forget. I forget. But anyway. But that's the point that he's making here. And notice what he says now in Isaiah. So here's the point that we want to make. In Isaiah 48, the Bible says in verse 18... All that you had heeded my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river. When peace like a river attendeth my way. Where do you think that psalm comes from? Like a river glorious is God's perfect peace. Where do you think it came from? I understand it. And so I understand this passage of Scripture. So focus, focus on what you do understand. And let's learn the spiritual truths from the things that we read. Waves is the second thing in here. I don't think we have time to go through that, but you'll remember the winds and the waves in Jesus' uh, ministry with his disciples on the Sea of Galilee. You remember all of that. The Bible tells us in, in Isaiah, we're not there, so I'm not going to worry about that. But the Bible says that the wicked are like the troubled sea that cannot rest. Always churning up mud. Always churning up dirt. He's referring to the water lashing on the shore. He's referring to a storm at sea. Or he's referring to the tide coming. You ever been to the beach when the tide comes in and the tide comes in pretty rough and it brings all this uh, dark soil up from the sea onto the beach? Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? I'm not the only one that loves the beach. I know, it's out there. You got the bug. Oh, I shouldn't have used that term. <laughs> Sorry about that. And then there's the sand. Your descendants would, verse 19, have been like the sand of the sea. God said to Abraham in Genesis 15, go outside at nighttime, look at the stars, and you'll see the stars, and you will understand that I'm going to make you a great, great country, a great people. And later on, after he was supposed to sacrifice Isaac, but God stopped him in doing that, he said, I want you to look at, I want you to take a, take, take a look at the sand on the beach. Can you count all those grains of sand? I love walking on the beach. How many like walking on the beach? Miles and miles and miles and miles. Would you even attempt to discover, would you even attempt to say how many grains of sand there were on that beach? Would you attempt to do it? No. So we got some good illustrations here. So my final thought is this. We need to make the application based on what we know. So here's two applications real quick and we're done. 
The first application is in verse 18. All that you had heeded my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river. But your peace is not like a river. It's like a flood. It's like a raging river. And here's the punchline. If you would have heeded my command, your captivity, because that's what he's referring to, would not have been necessary. If you would listen to me, your problems would not have been necessary. If you would listen to me, then you would enjoy peace like a river. But that is available to us regardless of what's going on around us. Amen? Amen. Because we personalize this and say, well, God, I'm going to obey your commandments. I'm going to heed your word. I'm going to do what you want me to do. And if I do what you want me to do, then my righteousness is going to be like the waves of the sea. So what do I do? I imagine myself sitting on the beach, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, it's a nice summer day. We're not talking about a stormy sea now. I've never been in the ocean when you couldn't go in because uh, I hate it when we're told we can't do certain things, right? And I remember being in Cape May, New Jersey, and uh, there was a hurricane coming up the thing, and they closed the beach, and we weren't allowed in the water. Here we're, we're, we're standing there, can hardly stand for the wind, but we're upset because we're not allowed in the water. <laughs> ah, but the nice, bright summer days when you can sit on the beach and you can watch those waves, they never stop. They keep coming in, they keep rolling in, and the Bible says that our righteousness can be like that. Our righteousness can be constant. Our righteousness can be uh, without any, any cessation to them whatsoever. And to tell you, in a world when you and I are, 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 are supposed to believe that we're, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. God makes that clear. But I'll tell you what, uh, society wants to make you the worst sinner you, you could possibly be. And uh, the Bible says that our righteousness can be as the wave. So think about that. Go home and think about that and, and dream about that and sit there and just imagine the waves coming in and saying, God, my righteousness can be constant, consistent, never stopping. Lord, only you can do that in my life. Now, I want to say something to you here as I close. We're done. But I, I, want, I want you to see something here in these two verses. Oh, that you had heeded my command, then your peace. This, this captivity would have been totally unnecessary. Your descendants would have been like the sand of the sea, but you've been cut off, temporarily cut off, because you didn't heed my word. Would have been totally unnecessary. It gives you a sense of regret, doesn't you? The passage of Scripture is designed to do that. It's designed for the children of Israel to look back on it and say, Oh, man, if we would have just listened to the Lord, we wouldn't have had to go through all of this stuff. Isn't that what it's designed to do? So before you say regrets are always a horrible thing, this is designed to get the children of Israel back on track. Let's not waste another moment 
Let's do what God wants us to do. Let's not waste another moment. Let's set in our minds the goal that our righteousness is going to be like the waves of the sea, the unending waves of the sea as they crash on the beach. That's what he's talking about. And I can understand it because of those three illustrations of rivers, of um, waves, and of sand. Is it better? Is it, does it help? Do that. Worry about that. Just take every word picture you can find in the book of Isaiah as you read through there and think it through carefully and then apply the spiritual lessons surrounding that word picture and you'll end up with more, more than you ever thought you would from the book of Isaiah or any other book. But gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word and we pray in your precious name that you would remind us that it's when a people, it's when a people seriously take your word and read it and apply it, meditate, think about it, and then apply it to every area of life. That's when societies change. And Lord, we want to affect change here in this community, and we want to affect change around the world. We want to affect change everywhere. So instead of neglecting your word, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to be faithful to read it, to hear it, to think about it, to hide it in our hearts. In Jesus, your name we pray, amen. Let's sing our final closing song of invitation. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior, we're inviting you to come. If you'll recognize that the problems that you and I face in life are a result of the curse that God placed on this earth, and they're all designed to get you to take a look at the face of Christ and to say, you know what, I want to be saved. I want my sins forgiven. Will you come to Christ? But listen, this is good for all of us as we sing together all my tomorrows. Let's close with this. All my tomorrows, all my past, Jesus is Lord of all. I've quit struggles contentment at last Jesus is Lord of all King of kings Lord of lords Jesus is Lord of all all my possessions and all my life you came today? Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray for your safety and protection this week, and we'll ask the Lord to bless us together. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for your guidance and your direction. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to worship under green. We pray in your precious name that you would uh, uh, just bless uh, and honor our obedience to you, and we pray in your precious name that you'd protect us this week and that you would give us opportunities to really honor you and to glorify you in all that we do. In Jesus, your name we pray. Amen.